Um, active listening really is the difference between thinking we understand what someone wants and knowing what they want. And we don't do that if we're not doing it the right way. Welcome to the Executive Leadership Podcast. On today's episode, we have Heather Younger. And Heather Younger is the founder and CEO of Employee Fanatics, which is a leading employee engagement and consulting firm. She's a highly sought after keynote speaker, a diversity, equity, and inclusion strategist, and the world's leading expert on listening at work. She's also a two-time TEDx speaker, best-selling author, podcast host, and a trusted contributor to leading news outlets. She recently released her new book, The Art of Active Listening, How People at Work Feel Heard, Valued, and Understood. And we talked to Heather about her latest book, The Art of Active Listening. And you're going to learn so much on, on listening. It's something that I struggle with, and I know you as a listener are probably struggling with as well. And so really hope that you enjoy this podcast episode and that it adds value to your leadership wherever you're at. Well, Heather, uh, thank you so much for taking the time and being on the podcast today. Absolutely. Excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. Um, so t- let's start off by telling our audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I mean, right now I am the founder and CEO of Employee Fanatics. It's a firm that really focuses on helping organizations listen more effectively to the voices they already have and do something about what they um, what they hear in, as far as creating a better, stronger culture and, and a culture of engagement and listening and belonging. So that's really what I focus on right now. Yeah, I have four kiddos. Uh, that's a big, big part of my life. So between the, the work I do and the writing and the speaking and all that stuff and just my kitty poos, those are the, that's the main focus of what I do. <laughs> Having three kids of my own, I understand that one because uh, it doesn't leave much time for anything else other than uh, the bare minimal, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. They keep me busy. So in today's world, you know, there are so many different kinds of communication in, in, that exist. Why is listening so important in today's world? Well, it's interesting because I think when people think of communication, they think of the one direction. They think of like what's coming out of their mouth or maybe what they're seeing with mm-hmm. their eyes one way. And so they that we really discount, I think hyper discount that listening component that allows the other side of the communication to be more effective. So when it comes to listening, I think the key is uh, presence and it's not easy to be present in our extremely busy, over-tasked world um, where we are just doing so many things and even more so in the hybrid or virtual space where there's dogs and things at the doorbell and the pinging of the slack and all the things. Mm-hmm. And so our heads are full and we really are being fully present with people and we're not giving people uninvited attention. And I think the the end goal or the end result of that is that people really aren't feeling heard or seen or even understood um, by people who they really need to be heard, seen, and understood by. So we're just, we're less effective or less successful in things at work because people are really not fully present with each other and understanding what's going on. Yeah, this is something that I struggle with uh, a lot, like a lot, especially um, being in uh, various leadership roles. People often... um, they know when my mind starts turning and they know when I've, I've, I've tuned them out. Even Travis, sometimes he talks to me <laughs> and uh, especially when we're in person and I, he knows when I tune him out and just start nodding and saying yes. So um, I'll, let's take a deep dive with your book on the art of active listening. I've really enjoyed going through this book and um, I feel like it's so much needed, especially in the time that we are in today. So we'll start off with 
what is active listening and why did you write, uh, uh, what, what made you want to write a book on this? Well, I think, you know, we've heard active listening forever and ever and ever. And I think even we've been taught different ways to show we're active listening, like demonstratively. Uh, they're the wrong ways, but they were right maybe back then, but they're not right now. <laughs> and that's because um, active listening really is the difference between thinking we understand what someone wants and knowing what they want. And we don't do that if we're not doing it the right way. What we were taught before is that there's a parroting that goes on. Someone talks to us and we say, yep, so I heard, so I heard you say this, this is what you said. Yep, yep, this is what I understood what you said. You said this right okay and it's kind of like what you're saying it's like a camera and it's like the going through the motions type of process is what we were taught right. instead of really truly seeking wanting to know the truth of the person uh we are like trying to either listen to respond get to the end of our thing find our goal our our end thing in it and not really saying how do i lean into what's really happening with this person's experience uh, what is it that they do? What do they need from me? What they need? In the end, I always say like, I'm not naive. I have a business. So as I listen to people, I do want an end goal. Like I do want to achieve, like I want to get their business. I want to get more spin. I want to have more loyalty. So I want the, the team member to recruit into my team or I want them to stay with me. There's lots of things I want, but if I don't go into it, kind of with the whole heart of saying, what does this person really need from me in the moment? Uh, because if I don't meet that need, and it could be a basic need, for example, if I'm a leader and to my team member, it could be that they're having a problem with daycare, they're having a problem with mental health, they're having a problem with something, and if I don't lean in to meet them right there in that need, I'm not going to get the thing I need at the end, which is more loyalty, people referring people to my team, all the other things that I that I could even think to want more productivity, I can't get it because I didn't meet them where they're at. So. I think those are some of the ways we go deeper in listening where our listening before was just not the way we need to listen now. And the process that I put together, uh, the proprietary framework is something that I've worked through over years and years in different settings and it works. So I think that's, I wanted to put it out there and say, hey guys, <laughs> hey ladies and gentlemen, it actually does work. Let's go do something different now. Let's actually listen in a different and a more effective way now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. In your book, you present a new change model for organizations that you were just mentioning that illustrates in five steps. The first step is recognize the unsaid. Why is it so important? And how does you, how do you recognize the unsaid? I mean, the biggest thing as you think about this, like we, um, it's harder now, like you and I are seeing each other on the screen and we see kind of like, it depends on how much I want you to see of me. We see kind of like mid, like kind of up the mid chest, up to the head. You're seeing that part of me. Um, I think about during the pandemic, there were so many things we saw around people that we never saw mm -hmm. before. And, and I'm saying saw because like in, in recognizing the unsaid, it's a lot of it has to do with our senses. So it's not just what, what it is that we're hearing as someone speaks, but it's also what we see, what we sense if we are present enough. We can sense those things. And when we sense those things, here's an example. Um, you could be, you could be kind of you're someone who walks, you're walking around your workplace, or you're in a meeting, and before you get on the call, everybody's chatty, chatty, chatty. And as soon as you get on the call, everybody shushes up. Yeah. Or you go into a room and you hear before you hit, go into the room and you hear all this stuff going on and you walk in and everything stops. What is the thing that's happening in there that's causing that change in the environment based upon you entering it? So those are some of the little things that we can be looking for. We can do it in interaction with people where maybe they were kind of uh, open and then all of a sudden they sit back and cross their arms. What is it in the interaction that's happening? This is where the seeking is extremely important because that's the next step after recognizing. But you're kind of seeking in a way where if you're always actively open, like you're open to what's happening, what's the stimuli, what's happening around me? 
you can't do that though if your task list is so long that your head can't get out of it. So that mm. you're not able to go, okay, whew, whew, open up, release and say, okay, what is happening there? And once we get to the point where we are aware that something is missing, that there is a gap that maybe we're leaving in our interactions with people, now we can start to go, now let's go deeper and find out what is that about, which then takes us to the next step. When we want to recognize and said it's that presence, the being, being present, releasing the need to like be in the task list and like so crazily busy and our heads are, you know, bloated by all the things that are pinging around us. Um, and at the same time, having courage to say, maybe I recognize something, but this person's not. Do I have the courage to help them see the truth, to help them understand what's missing? And that's another thing, kind of how we can own it, I guess. That next step that I keep talking about, a seeking step, is a very critical step. And it's what we think of when we think of listening, because we often think of listening as uh we think of it as like a one-way thing. Like we're just, we're just there taking, we're like a receptacle, open, 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 open to hear. And what, what I'm saying is this two-way supportive thing is like a tennis match. So it's like, it's like, I hit this to you, you say this to me and I, I'm taking this back and I'm not doing it in a way that I, I need to respond. It's not like the listen to respond thing. It's okay. I got what you just gave me. Now let's, I want to see if this is where you're at, but I also want to, I'm visual, I'm seeing you, not just understanding it or sensing it, I'm seeing you and I'm, and I'm sensing, oh, what she just said about that is exciting. What she just said about that makes her anxious. What she just said about that makes her sad. So I'm seeing her emotional state as she's telling me, or as he's saying that, or as the organization is doing this thing. And now I'm understanding it's, it's making people go much deeper than they are used to doing. We're not just hearing the words, we're seeing what's happening, we're sensing what's happening, we might smell what's happening, there's all the things, there's all the senses that are happening around us, and we aren't utilizing it. So I'm trying to challenge people in this model to really open up all the senses when we think about listening, um, and to truly be be present in that moment with those people that need us to, to be present. Yeah, I, th I think definitely there are so many distractions in today's world, and, and oftentimes, when you have that long to-do list, to list that you talked about, people get into that tunnel vision where they're not being aware of their surroundings. I mean, I catch myself doing that sometimes where, you know, there's one of those crazy days and we all have those, right? We're meeting back to back to back and you have that tunnel vision and you almost end the day and you're like, oh my gosh, I wasn't even aware of what was going on around me. Um, so, and I, I think a lot of that, and you talk about that too, is mindset. So, and because our minds can can really go all over the place, it, it could degrade also a lot a lot of our listening. Even right now, as we're sitting here doing this podcast, I got three screens staring at me, and one of them has <laughs> Zoom, and the rest is like you know, there's yeah. notifications coming up. So, what what shifts do we need to make in our in our mindset to be able to uh, actively listen? So I think in order for what I, I call this like fertile seeking, so in order to seek in a fertile way, um, seeking to understand that the person's truth in a fertile way, we have to first kind of almost like center ourselves before our interactions to say, okay, now I'm going from like Kelly to Jeff. Okay, mm -hmm. so now, and I'm and Jeff's, I mean, with Jeff's 30 minutes and either like this is the agenda or like Jeff might said he needed to talk about something. Okay, so it's Jeff's time. So I have to go into it centering myself, which is like, that might be like mean a few deep breaths. It might mean, um, again, just saying, okay, what is almost like in our minds, 
closing a door and opening another and saying, here's the purpose of my, of my being present right now. And it's so important because Jeff needs me. Jeff, Jeff needs me to see him. Jeff needs me to understand what he needs for me right now. So I can help him get to the next thing, which helps my team, which helps the whatever customer get what they need. And so I have to understand my role in listening and what I get or the byproduct or output of that listening and what it then does for that person and the the whole organization as a whole after that. So if I can get my, if I can understand that, the importance of my presence and really what it means in the end, I don't think we get that now. I think we think, yep, I'm present physically. That's all that matters. My eyes are looking at them. That's all that matters. But that's not what matters. Actually, that matters less. Like I could be off video. And if I didn't listen to any of my other distractions, but I heard you and you could hear in the voice, like, wow, Heather's, she's sensing that I'm extremely frustrated and that she's got to do something like quick in order for me not to do this next thing. And so she's like fully in it, even if she can't see me because they're just hearing the presence. Again, if I was, uh uh-huh, yeah, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wait, say that again. Like if I was doing that kind of thing, they'd be like, yeah, she's not present. She's not getting me. And so I think that's why it's so important. It's the, and that's how we do it is to center ourselves, to understand the why behind the presence that the person needs and to realize the impact of that presence in the other person. All we have to do is take ourselves back to a time when someone treated us like we were just like nothing. Like people, like they weren't paying attention to us that we could easily see they were completely distracted by 50 different things. And when we left there, we felt like, like mm. we are nothing. And there, all we have to do is take ourselves back to that time and then go, okay, how do I make sure that I don't make another person feel that way? Now, I'm gonna say this, I am at home right now, three of the four of my kids are here. They're kind of out and about. They come around here and they're like, oh, and I am just like, oh my gosh, I've got to have another podcast. Oh my gosh, we have this thing. But guess what? So I know I can't be present right in the moment unless it was something like life or death. But what I'm going to do, like after I have, I peel away my time of not having calls is I'm going to go back and say, okay, I'm here now. Like I'm going to go sit on their bed or I'm going to go like, so I'm going to make sure I give them that time. And so I think one of the things that we can do is ask for permission. Let's say we are just, we, we know that we have too much going on and there's no way we can be present. We can just ask permission to come back later. Can I just come back in 30 minutes when I have time to center myself? Do I, have, can I come back in an hour or at the end of the day, just so I can make sure I give you my undivided attention right now? I'm going to be honest, I can't. That's going to give people in part upon someone and the people on the other side, a level of respect they know I respect them. They know I value them and that they're important to me because I'm giving them, I, I know that I have to, and I'm giving a heads up that I won't if I try to do it now. That's powerful. That's, that's powerful and so important to, to just being able to take those moments. And people, people will have the patience with you too when, they, when you do that. Um, oftentimes you get worried, like I have to be here in the moment. Um, I actually had a call come in right before this was happening. And I ended up having to do that to that person after a few minutes on the phone. I answered their initial questions and I said, you know what, what we need to talk about, we need to schedule something because I really want to be able to give you good answers and I don't want to rush the answers because what we're going to talk about is so important. But it could, I could have easily have been just, just trying to throw answers at them and, and hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. And that could have damaged the relationship without, without even knowing. Absolutely. And taking that time. And so that kind of leads us into this whole, this next phase of decoding, which is a third step in the five-step process. So as we've done, we've, we've recognized some, there's some gaps. We've recognized there's something that's there. We got to get to the bottom. We go into seeking, seeking in that fertile way where we center ourselves, we remove our distractions. We understand the importance of being present and we get to the bottom of what that truth is. And now before we go act, unless it's like a life or death, like something super urgent that has to be done right there. Sometimes it just has to. 
uh, then the decoding might take a little longer. And so that's when we ask permission to say, can I come back to you in the next whatever amount of, uh, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, two days, two weeks, so I can do some research, talk to my team, whatever that is, whatever those end results are, so that I can come back to you with a really kind of educated answer. And I can make sure I can get to the, you know, when I come to you, it's not just something rushed. And when you do that, now the person goes, oh, wow, like they really, whatever I just said, <laughs> they really took it to heart. Now they're going to go and do all these things. So now that's what the decoding thing is. And decoding phase is that, it is that pause. It is that reflection. It is that deciphering of what it is they said to you in a way that you can make sure that you're landing on the right solution. Because often we go too fast. We rush to the, we go, oh, I want them to know I heard them. So I'm going to go do something like fast. I'm going to come back to them in 30 minutes and show them I heard them. But sometimes, and it's happened to me a lot, where I've gone fast and I either stepped on their toes more or I came to a solution that actually solved for one person, but I realized later that the issue was much larger than the one person. And so mm. I should have waited and talked to the rest of my team and whatever it is to say, oh, actually uh, the thing you mentioned is bigger and now we have to take longer, but I'll be back with you, I promise, within a week to let you know what our status is. And every time you get to the point where you get closer to the solution, you come back to them, that's still a good decoding thing that's happening. And then the fourth phase part of that's, uh, the process is to act. And the action, if you do the decoding right, the action now is going to be more pinpointed. It's going to be a little bit more prescriptive, meaning like you're going to land more on the right thing. It's more root cause oriented, right? When you do decode, you're finding that root cause and you get to the action part. And now you're trying to act more uh, appropriately to the issue that's at hand, instead of again just like shooting at the, you know, throwing the darts at the wall and hoping that it's the right thing. Um, and so, action. People will say, "Well, do I can't act on everything. I don't have the time to act. I don't have the authority to act. There's so many reasons why we might not act." And so, but taking that time makes it so that makes it so that the action will be more appropriate. And now you at least had had an opportunity to talk to more people and to process whether the action is needed or what kind of action is needed. Um, so again, most of us want to rush in and kind of rush to do things, but 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 we just can't. And sometimes you come back to someone after they've given you feedback, they've complained to you, they've asked you to do something, and you come back and you've done all the decoding and you say, you know what, we've looked at it, we've looked deep, and we actually aren't able to do the thing you requested. Here is something that came up, though, as I was talking to groups, as I was researching this, as I was speaking to this department, this department, this department. This is the thing I think we actually could do uh, as, as a, a way for just so you know what we are. We heard you and we want to help. Uh, and let me know. What do you think about that? Is that something that can get us closer to what you were looking for? And then they say, you know, in most cases, they're like, well, it's not exactly what I wanted, but it is closer. I do appreciate the work you put in to at least get us here. What about this? And then you may have to go back to the drawing board another time. So it's, this is just that this is that whole tennis match thing. It's just, and it's that cycle doesn't end. So after you've acted in that fourth step, you the fifth step is that closing in loop. So you look at it kind of like a cycle. I call it a cycle act listening. You just continue, you're going around the cycle and it might feel exhausting, but this is what's required for people to feel heard, valued, and understood. Um, you close the loop by saying to the person who gave you the feedback, here's the thing that we have done, or here's the thing that we can do, or here, we can't do this thing, but here is a compromise. It dots the I and crosses the T on listening. It says to them, I have heard you, I have specifically seen you, and here's what we're specifically doing based upon your specific feedback. Instead of what happens often is we, and think about all of us, anybody's listening right now, where you've given feedback and then you like see you see some change. You're like, oh, this is kind of cool. I think this is because of what I told them. 
but I'm not 100% sure. Closing the loop lets you know, lets the other person know that it's 100% based upon the feedback they gave. Now they feel empowered. Now they feel more powerful. Mm. So that's the cycle. That's awesome. That was an excellent summary of, of, of that. Um, there's a lot to unpack there, but yeah. one of the things that, that came up uh, earlier, you mentioned um, you, when you, when you mentioned family, and I think it, it, it's very difficult and I struggle with this too, is um, having that shift from, or I don't even know what you call it, whether it's balance or a shift when it comes to professional and personal, because oftentimes that professional can get in the way of just regular day-to-day social interactions, uh, or when you're coming home from work, um, trying to stay present with people that you're surrounded with, uh, because oftentimes, you know, this doesn't help, uh, because this is going off constantly, and even I caught myself yesterday, I was at a social event um, for a little bit after work, and um, I was so distracted because it was 5.30, and there were still emails popping up, so what, what shifts or what practices do we need to do to incorporate to have that active listening? Yeah, I, I just re- you have to remember that your presence is a gift it, it, and, it, and that it's the biggest gift you can give them because we in this world now don't give it enough. So when people receive that, they take note that mm-hmm. we're doing it. So like at home, let's go back to this home environment thing. Uh, here's a shift I made. Um, so when it's when the kid, when the my three boys who are still home, when they come home from school, they all kind of like load in because I'm just sitting here at like my table at a kitchen table. This is where I like it's comfortable for me. I like it even though I have an office and a and a a, a, um, a studio in the basement. I like to just hang here. It makes me feel relaxed, right? So they come into the swing door and they load into these chairs. They or they stand right here and they start going and mom and the mom and mom and they're just like telling me all the stuff of the day, right? <laughs> well, what it used here's what it used to happen is I have my laptop lit up and my phone would be nearby, and so I still have a laptop lit up. I'd still have my phone nearby. So I got to the point where I was going nuts. I felt like I, I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot take in like the thing I'm doing right now and the things, all the things that they're saying. So I got to the point where I said, okay. I'd take the laptop lids, I'd close the lid and I would take my phone and I'd put it on one of the chairs as like a cushiony chair. So it's not, it's not something you can, I can't hear the noise like as much as the buzzing. Cause if I put it on the table, I can hear the buzzing. So I'd put it on the, ch- the chair and then um, I would say, okay, now I'm going to speak. You, each of you is going to get my time right here. So tell me this. Okay, great. And we're going to, I'm having a conversation. And these other people, the other ones are for, for the beginning, they're actually continuing to try to talk to me. And I'm like, nope. I need you sh- sh- not your time yet. So I'm talking to this. I'm right here and I'm just like talking. Then I, okay, are you, I feel like you're at a point where you might be done. Are you done with like your initial thing? You're telling me you and I are going to need to talk. I'm going to need to come back to you later so we can go deeper, but okay, that's great. Let's talk about more about that later. Then I go to this kid right here and I do the same exact thing. And then here I hear it. And I know who I have to, and I said, okay, I got to come back with you. I've got to come back to you or I can answer you right now. And then later we get back together. I might go into the room and just, okay. And I close the door so the other ones can't come in because that's the other thing. They all start to come in. I mean, you know, if you have multiples, you know what I mean? They all want to like be a part of whatever okay. you're saying. So you have to, <laughs> you have to close the door. So that kind of, this thing happens at work, um, whether you're a manager or you have um, your lead, a project lead or whatever it is. And you're talking to people and then other people see that you're there. They're like, oh, shoot, I got to go get my time too. No, 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 no. So they, what you do is you establish parameters with like your team, even if it's not, you're not managing team, your 
team lead, you're on a project together, you just let them know, hey, when you when you see someone in there, know that like I'm giving them my their time and attention. I'm going to get you're going to come in and I'm going to give you your time and attention too. And that's and if, if you're very clear and that and then you know that you have to be so intentional in this world. That's the mindset shift. Mm. The level of intentionality and putting the behavior and the action behind the level of intentionality is critical. I can tell you right now, I can see I have lots of emails in my in my email. I don't have them pop up though. I see a number on the email, like the screen right now, on the little icon. I have Slack. I see a number. I'm not touching it. Uh, I heard my phone buzz. I'm not touching. So, so there's this level of like, I don't care what it takes. I am going to be present right now. As soon as I'm done here, I go to the next thing and I have to be present. But there's this level of like, and it almost like, I have my boys will be coming in and I say, nope. I mean, I'm like, you know, I just go like this, like I'll say podcast, like, and they know that means like, stay away, stay away. And it might be seen to be kind of like rigid or whatever, but they know that when they're in front of me now, like when it's just my time with them, I'm with them. And that's, I think that's important with your team, with your, with your your home team, your work team, that they see you're very serious about that one-on-one time or very serious about the topic you're doing with whomever you're doing it with. I think that's going to be key. They'll know it. They'll know it. And they'll know you're serious. And when they're serious, that means don't be messing around with my one-on-one time with other people. You're getting it. Please let me have it for the other people too. Wow. Wow. There's so much there. There's, there's parenting, there's parenting advice, there's work (laughs) advice. I mean, all that's going to apply. There's, there's a couple of things in there that I'm going to try with my kids this afternoon. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. You know, as, as you kind of go around and you teach this, obviously we've talked about a couple of the obstacles that you'll face with teaching active listening. Um, is there any other major obstacles that you see that we haven't discussed that uh, people are challenged with? There's the, I think you're right. There are so many. There's so much embedded in this as we think about hybrid and remote work that just the distractions are abound. Um, and, and I think the key with all of it is understanding how much our world is hurting right now. Um, I mean, you're seeing it all the time, the loneliness, the disconnectedness, um, suicide rates. People aren't feeling heard, understood, and seen. They just aren't. They aren't. And it's because uh, there's like Instagram and there's fun. I mean, there's just so many distractions. We are, we have become addicted to distractions and we have had become addicted to a lack of attention and a lack of purpose or presence with people that are in front of us. And I think until we can let go of the addiction uh, by, by being more intentional, by understanding the importance of the presence, the real true importance of it, and, and the power that we possess when we do that for others, uh, we're always going to be running, like hitting our head against the wall. <laughs> we just are. So it is a mindset shift first, which is why like my book starts off that way. And, and, you know, you, if you have that purpose inside of you, that purpose that says, I want to, I want people to know that I am with them when they're with me. And to say that is, it's a pretty big deal. And for, and to be that person in every interaction is, is quite significant. Mm. You know, what's interesting when you say that is I can only think of a handful of people in my life right now that actually have that kind of presence with me. Like there's, that's a very rare, that's rare air almost to, to meet people who, who could, who can do that in today's world. Um, at least in my, in my, the people that I interact with, um, that feel like they're fully present with me in, in the moments. Um, so I Here's think that's really something you could separate yourself from other people quickly that way. 
You can, it, it can be a differentiator. And here's what I would say, just one little addendum to the word you said, which was can be, and I would say would choose to be. Mm. Uh, so I think that every mm. single one of us can make a choice to be that person, be those people, but it has to be a high value for us. It has to be high value that we have to value the interaction more than even the result of the interaction. We have to value the interaction more than the next thing or the thing before that. Um, it's hard. I mean, I believe me, I, I am not Pollyanna with any of this because I mean, I, I've got just a whole bunch going on. And each time I have to be just like very definitive that whole, what you're getting to Travis and you're like, I'm going to try that thing with my kids. Like it is so hard to be like talking to this kid and ignoring these two. <laughs> and then to be like, it, 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 and for them to, and for them to say, understand, oh shoot, my mom is serious. Like you got, she wants, she's saying, give me this time. And then like to go to the next one and ignore the one you just talked to and continue to do that. And then to send them on their way and to, to go back to them. So there, that, that close the loop is happening even at home where I'm going, okay, earlier you talked about this. I get sense that this thing was really is like under, is on, under your skin. I didn't, I couldn't address it in front of everybody. I needed to be topical, but now I'm coming back to it. Let's talk more about that. And I needed to do that. And that's exactly what we have. We just have to do that all the time with people interacting with. So as we think about uh, relationships, relationships that work at our home, uh, as we think about uh, those who know that we value them and get them, because we all want people to get us innately, we want people to get us and uh, not just know our name, not just understand the story, but to see where we're trying to go and to help us get there. And we can't do that if we don't give them, if we don't really, like if we're not present, we're not really seeking in a fertile way. So it's, it might sound squishy, but I can guarantee this, it works. It works when employees feel heard by their employers by like doing surveys and listing sessions and town halls and they see the end results and they see things happening. And we go back to them and we tell them what we've heard and we what we're doing about it or a customer you're interacting with. You interact with them or a prospect that you're trying to bring in and they go, gosh, can you believe that you know so-and-so did this, did that, followed up in these four ways, exactly doing exactly what we asked them for and more. The level that you impart upon that person is like, gosh, they, are, they really understand our situation. So we're going to get the end results of what we're looking for at work and at home if we focus on the thing that's right in front of us right there. And when we do that, we're going to get more than we ever expected. Wow. Well, there's so much to unpack here. And when we talk about act, the art of active listening, and I know I feel challenged to, to definitely get better at this each and every day. And there's so much application to it. Like you said, Heather, both in and out of the workplace and, and more so at home and just in our, our daily lives. Um, so how can people uh, get their hands on the resource, the art of active listening, and also connect with, with the work that you do? I think, you know, going to Amazon is the perfect place to go. Um, but if you don't want to, we're all, all over the place. We're globally, you can go anywhere you need to as far as independent booksellers or uh, anything like that. Uh, I would say the best place to follow me would probably be on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's my kind of busiest outlet. So if you go to LinkedIn and just look up Heather Younger, you can find me there. And there's plenty of other places. Oh my goodness. Emails galore and uh, lists galore, you know, but I would say that'd be the first place to go. Yeah. Well, excellent. As we wrap up, we'd like to do a little bit of a uh, a lightning round of three questions. We like to ask all of our um, all of our guests. So the first question would be, what's a bucket list item that you have? Going to Italy, specifically Tuscany. 
Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, dead or alive, who would you like to have lunch with? I'd probably say um, Denzel Washington would be cool to have lunch with. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and lastly, obviously, a lot of, a lot of read, leaders love to read. Um, and you have any suggested reading materials or uh, books, magazines, art, you know, different publications. Who do you who do you read? What are you reading these days? Uh, I would say that as I think about probably the most profound book I've ever read. Well, there's probably two of them. One is Who Moved My Cheese? It's a real small mm-hmm. little book that can be done in like an hour or whatever. Uh, and that one's amazing. And it's a, just about kind of uh, the desire to change and innovate and those who decide to stay behind and not think outside the box. Uh, or the maze. <laughs> and then the other thing would be developing the leader within, which is by John Maxwell. Mm. Um, and it's all about, you know, it helped me think early on, gosh, 20 something years ago, thinking about how much, who I want to be, what kind of leader, what, how do I want to show up? And, and, and if people are following me, what are they following? So that was like the initial thing I started to think of. And now a lot of my work circles around that concept of, of how we show up and the choices we make. Awesome. Well, Heather, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. And uh, we look forward to uh, connecting with you again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Wow. Well, I really hope you enjoyed this podcast discussion that we had with Heather Younger. And if you want to connect with her or follow her content, you can go to her website, heatheryounger.com. And you can also find the links to purchase her latest book, The Art of Active Listening. And so we hope you really enjoyed that podcast interview and feel free to check out our previous podcast episodes. We've had some awesome guests this year on since we launched this brand new podcast and also feel free to check out our website, tcadvisorygroup.com. It's a new venture that Travis and I started talking about leadership development and training. And so you can find out more about us at tcadvisorygroup.com. And if you really enjoyed this podcast episode, please give us an awesome rating on whichever platform that you're listening on, or you can feel free to email us any feedback at our email, info at tcadvisorygroup.com. Again, our email is info at tcadvisorygroup.com. Really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode, and thank you so much for your support and for tuning in.